your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, April 8th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you. Very, very excited about today's show. Very, very excited about today in general. Got a lot going on personally that I'm pretty fired up about. I'll tell you about on a later date, but just know today potentially could be a very, very big day for your boy. So just keep that in mind. I'll just, like I said, I'll talk about it at a later time, but uh, today could be a really, really big day. So very excited about it. Also excited, like I mentioned, about today show and I got a lot to get to on today's show before I do any of it though I want to let you know about the title sponsor which is rockauto.com great selection super low prices all the parts your car is ever going to need at one spot rockauto.com make sure while you're there you tell them that the Locked On Raiders podcast sent you so they know that I'm doing my job and I'll tell you more about rockauto.com later on in the show coming up in segment number three calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 that's the number I got a ton of feedback a ton of calls a ton of texts. Won't be able to get to all of them on today's show. I can guarantee you that. Won't be able to get to all of them. But we still have today and we have tomorrow. So I'll definitely try to get as much in as possible. I'm trying to just limit the calls and texts to one segment. But we're getting so much feedback, I might have to open it up at some point. But right now, I'm just going to do segment number three. Segment number two, I'm going to talk about my mock draft. And what I mean by that is the mock draft that I'm doing for the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. And, you know, I've already put in my pick, and I've really been thinking about it a lot and, and, and seriously contemplating what I did. And it's funny, with the conversations we've been having here on the podcast throughout the course of the week, really makes me want to change my course. So I'll explain what I'm talking about, and I'll explain what I mean. I wish that I had been aggressive. Let's put it like that. But... I don't really mean aggressive in the way of trading up like we've been talking about on the podcast. But like I said, I'll explain what I mean coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, all the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off the top, as a matter of fact, I got a lot of contract information. So off the top, I wanted to talk about uh, player incentives. And uh, this came out from Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network. He had put out a tweet saying, as a part of last year's negotiations over a salary cap shortfall, the performance-based pay was deferred a few years. Players will receive the season's payouts in 2024 or later. So basically what this means is that players get a certain amount of money. They'll get a performance-based bonus, but they're not going to get it till 2024 due to the negotiations and, of course, the, the salary cap, how it was dropping down. So they're not going to get the payout till 2024. But there were some Raiders that uh, came on the list and are going to get a bonus. So I want to go ahead and shout them out. Max Crosby, he gets the most performance-based money for the Raiders at just over $530,000. So I know it's not right now, but in 2024, Max Crosby is going to get a $530,000 check. Not bad. I would take that. You want to talk about a stimulus check? <laughs> $530,000, that's all the stimulus money you need, right? Uh, how about Nelson Aguilar? And I know he's not a member of the Raiders anymore, but he's going to get $400,000. And then Trayvon Mullen is going to get around $363,000. And again, that's just performance-based pay. It's it's always kind of judged on how much playing time you get in, uh, the kind of stats that you put up over the season. And Trayvon Mullen, he actually had a couple interceptions. Remember in 2020, he had a couple interceptions, which is something more than he normally has. So clearly in his contract, he has you know interceptions, turnovers, creating turnovers as part of his incentives. Max Crosby got seven sacks. So 
I'm sure that Sacks has something to do with his uh, his incentives plus snaps. I mean, he had the most snaps of any Raider. You know, he played a ton of snaps in 2020. And then Nelson Aguilar, of course, had a big year and he turned that into a nice contract with the New England Patriots. But just wanted to kind of give you that update on the three guys that represent the silver and black or at least represented the silver and black in 2020 and the, the bonus money that they will be receiving. Wanted to update you on Colton Miller, offensive tackle, left tackle. As a matter of fact, Colton Miller, his contract details over the cap.com actually put those out on Wednesday. And as you know, Miller signed a three-year, $54.015 million contract extension with the team. Miller had two more years on the contract at the time of signing, bringing the total value of his deal up to $67.2 million. $25 million was guaranteed at signing with $42.5 million guaranteed for injury. Now, Here's where the details come in. Miller's base salary in 2021 and his 2021 and 2022 roster bonuses are fully guaranteed. If on the roster on the third day of the 2022 league year, he will earn another $17.5 million in full guarantees. Miller's 2021 cap number, it did increase by $9.18 million, which had a lot of people upset. Like, why would the Raiders increase their cap hit that his contract's going to provide? Most time, a contract extension lowers the cap hit, but that's what it did. It increased by $9.18 million, and his 2022 cap number increased by 5 5.95 million uh, as a result of the extension. And I tweeted out looking at the numbers. I was like, well, that's a pretty good extension for the Raiders. Not too bad. And people thought I was crazy because of, you know, their the cap increase. But what I saw that really stood out to me in a major way, and I'm not saying that this was the 100% correct way to do it and the Raiders couldn't have done it another way, but Miller has no guaranteed money after the 2022 season. So, if the Raiders, for some reason, decide they want to move on from him, they can without having to worry about dead cap hit. He has zero guaranteed dollars after 2022. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a contract that kind of keeps it in place, keeps him in place right now at the current rate and a decent rate. And then when the salary cap rises, and it's going to rise in a major way, they won't have to pay him crazy, stupid dollars because they already have him under contract. As far as I'm concerned, that's really the basis for the extension and why they did it as early as they did uh, because they wanted to avoid that big hit later. So zero guaranteed money after 2022. Again, it's kind of uh, setting themselves up for the future. And of course, you just want the team to be successful today and be able to set themselves up the best way possible today. But that is definitely a move for the future, having that zero guaranteed dollars from the 2023 all the way through 2025. The, the rest of the life of his contract, there's zero guaranteed dollars. It's been a few weeks now, but we all know that the NFL is going to have a 17-game season this year. The Raiders will be hosting the Chicago Bears at Allegiant Stadium for that Week 17 matchup. And, of course, that's going to lead to 18 games at some point. But right now, it's at 17 games. It'll probably be 17 games for a few seasons until someone comes up with the idea of, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't like these odd number games. Let's go ahead and go with the even. So let's go ahead and bring up an 18th game. Either way, so the owners can make a whole lot of money, that's what they're going to do. But a few players aren't too upset about the 17th game because they're going to earn extra money. And it's funny, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network, he actually put out that Lions quarterback Jared Goff is going to get an extra game check worth $1.5 million at the end of the 2021 season. And that's the largest bonus among the players that are going to be cashing in on a CBA provision regarding contracts signed before February 20. 2020 and he goes on to say other players in line to earn at least an extra million in 2021 Jimmy G Matt Ryan Aaron Donald Russell Wilson Frank Clark Von Miller Khalil Mack Demarcus Lawrence and one Derek Carr 
So Derek Carr is going to be in line to get an extra about million dollars at the end of the 2021 season. Pelissero goes on to say the qualified players must make more than the minimum on contracts signed prior to February 26, 2020, when the CBA was essentially finalized and not substantially renegotiated since. So there you go. Derek Carr is going to get basically an extra million dollars at the end of the 2021 season. Again, I mentioned stimulus check earlier when I was talking about Max Crosby and Nelson Aguilar and Trayvon Mullen. That's a stimulus check for real. So again, not Max at that way you can get an extra million dollars in your bank account two more little quick nuggets that i have for you and this one's actually a couple days old i meant to bring it to the table a few days ago but just didn't have enough time in segment number one a former raider rodney hudson got a contract extension with the arizona cardinals i told you the other day about the contract extension that gabe jackson got with seattle well rodney hudson went ahead and got a contract extension from the cardinals he got a three-year 30 million dollar extension so the extension added two years and 20.1 million dollars in possible earnings with 16 million in guarantees he received a 7.4 million increase in fully guaranteed money to bring the full guarantee total up to 10.9 million the deal also includes two voidable years for cap purposes so there you go rodney hudson who went to the cardinals and the raiders received a third round draft pick in return also got a three-year contract extension with the cardinals so they're very happy to have the veteran center there in arizona and my final little nugget is something that I saw on NFL Network and heard on NFL Network on Wednesday. And I'm not a Mike Silver guy. Everyone knows that I'm not a Mike Silver dude at all. But I found it kind of interesting on where he thought that Jadavion Clowney is going to end up at, where he thinks he should end up at. And of course, if I'm bringing it to the Lockdown Raiders podcast, obviously Mike Silver thinks it's going to be the Raiders. But I just I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I mean, and Mike Silver, look, he's earned his stripes. There's a reason why he's on NFL Network. I get it. He's just not my favorite guy. But it just felt like it was such a, a lame cop-out on, oh, where's Jadavion Clowney going to end up? Oh, the Raiders. Anyway, here's Silver on where Clowney, he thinks, in his mind, is going to end up. Doesn't he totally seem like the quintessential Raider? I just, I think that's a fit. It's just, he would have been a Raider back in the day. And I mean, it just depends how much he's getting offered by other teams. But if you're the Raiders, don't you try? I mean, Max Crosby was really your only edge presence. You still haven't recovered from the loss of Coyle Mack. You sign Ngakwe, so now you've got a, a second edge presence and an accomplished one, but get yourself more and put a little fear into opposing deep offenses when you line up. You look at Jadavian Clowney when he's healthy, that provokes fear. Put him in silver and black. I just feel like it was such a cheap answer. Oh, he looks like a Raider. Okay, and then he's talking about he was going to be a Raider. He should have been a Raider back in the day. How long was back in the day? Last year? <laughs> I mean, really, that was the first time that he was even really talked about being a Raider, possibly, was getting him in free agency last year. He ends up going to Tennessee, and I'm sorry, man. The train has left the station on that for me. I mean, he chose Tennessee last year, uh, a coach that he knows very well in Mike Vrabel. He was with him when he was in Houston. He ended up playing in eight games, had 17 total tackles, no sacks. He's always injured. You heard Silver right there. When he's healthy, uh, you know, he's dangerous. Okay, but when is he healthy? Is he ever healthy? He bet on himself years ago, and he lost. Houston tried to give him a contract extension. He thought he was worth more. Seattle tried to give him $13 million. He thought he was worth more. He keeps betting on himself and keeps losing. So unless he goes with the Raiders and signs with the Raiders to, like, next to nothing, there's no reason for them to even go down that, that, uh, that, that path. Again, 
In 2020, no sacks. 2019, three sacks. 2018, okay, he had nine sacks. In 2017, he had nine and a half. Those were his best two years as far as sacking the quarterback. And I know Jadavion Clowney does a lot more than that. He's able to get after the, the runner as well. I mean, he's a run stuffer. I mean, he's disruptive. He is. But eight games, 13 games, 15 games. He hasn't played a full season since 2017. 2016, 14 games. 2015, 13. 2014, his rookie year, four games. He's played a full 16 games once in his career, and he's been in the league since 2014. I'm sorry, but that's a hard pass for me. So no thank you, Mike Silver. He does not look like a Raider, in my opinion. But it is what it is. That's just kind of like the lazy narrative of, hey, where's this guy going to go? The Raiders! Sign him up. It's like when a guy gets released. Oh, the Raiders are going to go pick him up. Oh, the Raiders are going to trade for him. It's just such an easy, simple, lazy take, in my opinion. But anyway, that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, my thoughts on my mock draft that I'm doing for the Locked On NFL Network, and or I did, and how the fact that I'd like to go back and be aggressive, change up my pick, change up what I did, and I'll tell you why and exactly what I mean by be aggressive. I'll do all that after I tell you about rockauto.com. Not only are they the title sponsor of today's show, but they're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, carpet. If you need carpet for your car, they got it. Doesn't matter if your car is one you drive every single day or it's a car that you roll out of the garage on Sunday. Everything you need is a few easy clicks away, delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique, super easy to navigate. You can quickly check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brand, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right, the prices at RockAuto.com are always super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, only thing I ask you to do, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Right, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, all from rockauto.com. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time for me to talk about mock drafts, and in particular, the mock draft that I did for the Locked On NFL Network. And we do it every single year. We've been having a lot of fun with it. This year, it's supposed to be bigger than ever because we're teaming up with uh, a lot of uh, NFL draft guru guys, and it's going to be kind of seen on different TV shows and all, all kind of stuff. It's been with all the integration that's been going on with the Locked On Podcast Network and uh, all the stuff that we have going on with different uh, TV stations and everything. It's just, it's supposed to be a big to-do, right? It's going to be shown and aired between, I believe, April 19th through the 26th, something like, something around that range. Either way, I was very excited to do it, and we've been doing it every year. So I take a lot of pride in it, and usually I think I do a really, really good job and it's so funny that as we've been talking all week about should the Raiders be aggressive? Do you trust the Raiders front office to get the right pick? Do you trust the, you know, the Raiders to do this, that, or the other? Or should they trade back? You know, we've been having all these discussions and debates. And, you know, I even talked about at some point, I think that the Raiders should get aggressive. And I admitted, I said, hey, in the mock draft, I did not get aggressive. And I wasn't going to say who I picked, but... I will. I'll, I'll let it be known who I picked. I'll let it be known why I picked him. And it's just so funny because I feel like I got caught up in doing what I think the Raiders are going to do instead of just me doing what I would do. Last year when I did the, the mock draft, I, I picked who I would have picked. I, I didn't go with this, okay, what's John Gruden and Mike Mayock thinking? I just basically went with 
who I think that the Raiders should pick. And I went with CeeDee Lamb, and then I went with A.J. Terrell. Those are the two picks I had in the first round for the Raiders last year. Well, this year at number 17, I didn't try to trade up. I should have, but I didn't. And, and really, I didn't even have to. I look at the board. I'm looking at it right now. I didn't even have to trade up. Patrick Sertain was taken at number 10 by the Cowboys. Uh, and then J.C. Horn was taken at number 9 by the Broncos. So those two difference makers are already off the board. I wouldn't have tried to trade up higher than 10 anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably no reason to try to get up uh, any higher than 10. So I would really start thinking about trading up around 11 or 12 or, or something like that. And, you know, I'm looking at some of the players on the board that were taken at 11 and 12. You know, Rashawn Slater, uh, that's an offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. That's a guy that maybe maybe you trade up for, but I don't even know if I uh, traded all the way up to 12 for him. Um, you know, and then you're looking at like Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, 13, Quiddy Pay at 14, Mac Jones at 15. I wouldn't have traded up for any of those guys. The Cardinals in this one, they picked Caleb Farley. I definitely wouldn't have done that. But I went with Christian Derisaw at 17, and because, well, Trent Brown's gone, obviously, and that right tackle is a, is a need, right? The right tackle is something that the Raiders need to do. But this draft is so deep in tackles, and I, I'm thinking that Christian Derisaw is one of the better ones. I know that Slater's getting a lot of love. Of course, Panay Sewell's getting a lot of love out of Oregon. I get that. I just know that Christian Derisaw is going to be one of the better ones. So I said, well, I might as well go ahead and get the best one on the board because, again, I'm thinking like the Raiders. I'm trying to, or I'm trying to at least think like the Raiders. I'm trying to think like John Gruden. Uh, he just gave a contract extension to Colton Miller. That's the only Raider that's gotten a contract extension in a very long time since Darren McFadden. So think about that. An offensive lineman. And I, you heard me on Vinny Bonsignor's show inside the huddle a couple weeks ago talking about uh, go get Christian Derrissaw and then you got your bookends and you're good. And it makes sense. So it's not like that's a bad pick. I'm not down on my pick, but I'm thinking about it and I'm looking now. It's like Micah Parsons was available. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa was available. Zayvon Collins was available. I mean, there was a lot of guys that were available at that position. I was really trying to trade back originally. That was my original thought was to trade back and get Trayvon Merrick, but nobody would trade with me. So when I didn't get anybody who wanted to trade with me so I could trade back, because of course, that's what you do, right? Oh, just trade back. Just trade back. Since nobody was able to trade up with me and I moved back a little bit, collect a little extra capital and get Trayvon Merrick, I just said, well, let me go get the best offensive tackle that's available right now. So I went with Christian Derisaw. So again, it's not like the pick is a bad pick. I just realized now, after especially all the talk that we've had over the past week or so, that I could have gone with a Micah Parsons. I could have gone with a Jeremiah Wusu koromoa who was my first pick. That was the guy that I was pounding the table for originally, and then I found a way to talk myself out of it. So when you get inside your head sometimes, and I think this is what the Raiders do at times, I think they overthink things. I think they overthink the pick sometimes, and, and almost because it's so obvious and it's so easy for you to go do it, they don't do it. And so then they go with, you know, a pick that they say, oh, well, no one's going to see this one coming or no one's going to, you know, be thinking about this pick here. And so we're going to go and do this. Like, you know, just like taking uh, Cleveland Furl at number four overall. Not saying it was a bad pick, but probably wasn't the best pick. It's one of those things. And so kind of going back to the theory of, of drafting the best player available. I mean, I think Micah Parsons, even though he has a few off the field red flags, could have been a dog. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa could have been a dog. And now look, this is just a mock draft. This is not the real thing. The real thing is not till the 29th. But I kind of feel like I wish I had just gone ahead and taken that step forward and, and just said, you know what? I'm not going to try to get caught up into what they could be doing. Let me just go out and do what I should be doing. And as much as I talked about Owusu-Koromoa, uh, especially when draft season started, I should have just gone that direction. you know. But then having Micah Parsons available as well, and I didn't take either one of them, I mean, shame on me. And so it's so funny. On Wednesday, I even tried to reach out to the, the network and was like, wait a minute. 
We did our draft before the 49ers traded up to number three. We got to do that draft over. Like, I really did, Raider Nation. I tried to hustle and be like, man, we got to do that whole thing over because that could shake up the whole different draft. But they told me that we didn't do it till after the 49ers traded up. And I thought for sure that we did. I mean, I wasn't trying to BS them. I thought for sure that we didn't do it or we did it prior to the 49ers trading up to number three overall to go get a quarterback. But they say that we didn't. So, and they have it on the on the mock draft sheet right now. They have, uh, you know, 49ers sitting at number three. Matter of fact, they had the 49ers taking Justin Fields at Ohio State. Uh, I'm just telling you the whole draft. And that's not cool, but whatever. I'm doing it anyway. It's, it should be fun. Uh, I still encourage you to go check it out. But I really, man, the more I think about it, and maybe, you know, I, I can go back to that old domino saying, you know, you study long, you study wrong. Maybe the more I think about it, I'm talking myself out of it. I, I think I got a good pick. I just think I could have got a better pick. I didn't get a bad pick. It's not like I went out and, and got somebody that's just, you know, like a super, super reach. Like I went and got a Sam Cosme or something out of Texas. Like that's that's not that's not a guy who who should even be thinking about the first round. You know, I mean, so I got a guy who's very valued and is going to be a, a good pro, I do believe. And the Raiders could use him, obviously, because they have that hole at the right tackle position. It's like when you're in basketball and they say you, you pass up a good shot to get a great shot. I think I passed up a great shot and just took a good shot. You know what I mean? And so I, that's my mistake. I should have thought about it and said, you know what? Let's get aggressive. Maybe I should have had this aggressive conversation a week before I did the mock draft. So I ended up taking Christian Derisaw, uh offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. I said, just kick him over to the right side for now. And I'm sure this is not going to come as a surprise because I've talked about him quite a bit on this, uh, you know, on this podcast. But yeah, the guys that I was actually considering were Trayvon Merrick, safety out of TCU. Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame, even though I didn't take him. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, offensive line out of Oklahoma State. And Liam Eikenberg, uh, offensive lineman out of Notre Dame. And really, it's funny because I didn't even think that Micah Parsons was going to be there. And I guess I didn't study it well enough. I just kind of went through and, and, and did it quickly because I didn't want to study long and study wrong. But I should have double-checked or triple-checked and realized, like, Micah Parsons is still there? And I haven't taken him, and I didn't take him. I didn't run up to the podium for him. Matter of fact, he didn't go off the board until number 19, and that was to the Washington football team. So, uh, again, not want to try to tell you the whole board. I don't want to tell you everybody they got picked. I will say Jeremiah Wusu-Kortmoa didn't go till 27 to Baltimore. Of course Baltimore would get him, right? Just another stinking talented dude that they'll put on that defense and just have playmakers everywhere. That makes all the sense in the world, even though I'm still surprised he didn't go till 27, but he did. Zayvon Collins, he went 28th to the Saints. Uh, Trayvon Merrick went 29th to the Green Bay Packers. So anyway, I just, I, I feel like I made a mistake, even though it was still a good pick. That's something that I think the Raiders do sometimes. I think that they either overanalyze it, underanalyze it. They just don't really, you know, go and get the best player available. They'll go and, and they'll go and do like I did and get, go get the best player available in that position of need. And that's something I've said before on the podcast, but uh, I think really the Raiders, what they need to do and what I need to start doing training myself is just go and get the best player available and then figure out where to put them later and figure out exactly how you're going to use them later. Now, obviously that's an exception. If you need like a quarterback or something very, very specific, you need a quarterback. You got to get your quarterback. You can't get a wide receiver and think he's going to throw the ball. I mean, that's not going to work, but still, I, I think I kind of blew that one. And I did try to call an audible and see if we can go and redo our, our draft. But the pick is in, it's locked in, and it is what it is. So Christian Derisaw, 
Offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. That's my pick for the Locked On NFL Mock Draft, number 17 overall to the Raiders. That's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Any kind of game that you want to get your gamble on with, you can. College basketball is over, but NBA is not. Major League Baseball is going on. Hockey is going on. There's so many different things you can get your bet on with. How about uh, the UFC? They have events almost every single weekend. Uh, even just regular boxing. If you want to go ahead and get your gamble on that way, you can. BetOnline.ag has every sport and it has you covered. All you got to do is open up a free account today at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So no matter what you put in, you're going to get 50% of that on top of it to play with. So say you put $200 in, you'll get an extra hundo on top of that to get your gamble on with. So what's better than playing with someone else's money? Nothing. <laughs> Simple as that. Nothing. So betonline.ag. Definitely go ahead and check them out. If you're on social media, check them out at betonline underscore ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Again, betonline.ag. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a text from Sean from Sacramento, the 916 representing. He said, hey, Q, Sean from Sacramento here was listening to your show today, and I'm listening to you give these 2019-2020 draft picks, and I just got to think, at least defensively, I feel like we'll be better with an actual good coach and Gus Bradley. Is it possible we have studs, but Gunther has not been using them right or tapping into their potential? I'm really intrigued to see how this defense does without the crutch that is Paul Gunther. Have a good one, Q. That's from Sean in Sacramento. And yeah, I believe there's talent. You know, there's actually, matter of fact, that's something that uh, Vinny Bonsignor said on Inside the Huddle one day when I was on the show with him. He said that uh, one of the reasons why coaches actually wanted to go to the Raiders is because they saw on the defensive side of the ball, there's talent. It just wasn't being used correctly. So yeah, I do you think that there's talent there they just got to be used in the proper way you know I think Jonathan Abram could be good but you've got to know what he does really well and what he doesn't and set him up for success that's a coach's job you know and I say this all the time I make it so it sounds as simple as possible you know if I'm running a radio station and I got a guy who's a really good talker I'm not going to say hey go be a writer I'm gonna say hey go talk you know what I mean but uh it's just it, it just doesn't make any sense so hopefully Gus Bradley kind of makes it so all these players, he can get the most out of them. Corey Littleton, he's got to play better than he did uh, the first year he was with the Raiders, his uh, free agent year 2020. He's got to be a lot better than that. There's definitely talent there. Gus Bradley has got to do the best he can to get the most out of that talent on the field. And that's why Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, is probably the biggest free agent the Raiders picked up this offseason. Up next is a call from California Dave out of West Tennessee. He's calling to talk about the interview I did with Vinny Bonsignor. He's talking about the cover three defense and wants a little bit more explanation on it. Plus talks a little draft. Here he is, California Dave out of West Tennessee. Q Nation, California Dave calling out of West Tennessee, y'all. Hope everybody had a great Easter weekend. I know it was beautiful here in Tennessee. Finally got to just go out and be about for a while. Uh, Q, want to touch on something from last week. First of all, great call with you and Vinny B. That was some really good, good dialogue back and forth. Really enjoyed that. I was kind of hoping that maybe you could get somebody on to explain to me the cover three philosophy. Because uh, I remember when you had Big Link on and he was describing Tom Cable's uh, blocking scheme. 
I kind of changed my outlook on him from being a liability to uh, to an asset. Now, last year, I had no expectations on our team. I was just happy we had football, you know. I was like, man, you can't expect these young bucks to learn how to be professionals over a video call. Uh, this year, the draft, I am going to change how I look at it because I'm like you, Q. I'll be pounding the table for one dude, and then they don't draft him, and then I'm like this total New York Jet band. That's, oh, what are you doing? So this year, I just want position groups looking at O-line and safety. I would prefer O-linemen with the first draft pick just because you could have them for five years. But if that kid out of TCU is a a once-in-a-lifetime player, I'm not going to freak out. I guess my only concern with the draft is this year is Mayock's WTF pick. Like, what are you doing? Why did you get him there? But then again, that might just go back with me pounding the table for certain picks that I like. But, yeah, Q, I just wanted to touch on that call with you and Vinny B. Really enjoyed it. Really good stuff. All right, Nation. Peace out. There he goes right there. California Dave out of West Tennessee. Thank you for the call and the compliments on me and Vinny Bonsignor's talk on Raider Nation Radio 920. He's a good dude, man. Really good dude. So I love talking shop with him any chance that I get. Well, you know, I love doing interviews anyway. But, yeah, especially with Vinny. He's a really good dude. As far as cover three goes, I could definitely explain it to you, and I'll do it quickly. But I did have Ted Nguyen on one time talking about exactly how Gus Bradley uses the cover three and exactly what all the players uh, that the Raiders currently have, how they fit into that cover three. He does a great job of film breakdown. So if you go back, a, I'd say probably like a month, you can hear that podcast that I did with Ted Nguyen. But I'll just tell you from a defensive backs point of view, cover three, first of all, that was my favorite kind of defense. It's a zone Z defense where in theory, the defensive back never allows a wide receiver to get behind him. If you're the outside corner, you're playing deep thirds and you should be able to look at the quarterback at the same time. Now you do have to turn and run with the wide receiver if they go deep. You know, you've got to turn your hips, flip your hips and run deep. But again, you should never get beat deep. It's the kind of a defense that allows you not to give up the big plays. Now, if you have a wide receiver that's cutting in, then you either, well, you yell in, 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 you're either passing them off to a slot corner, or you're passing them off to a safety, or you're passing them off to a linebacker, but you're not getting out of your zone. If you get out of your zone, then somebody's going to come and beat you in your zone where you were supposed to be at. If you follow a wide receiver in, I guarantee something's coming out. It could be a tight end, it could be a running back, it could be another wide receiver. Something's going to enter your zone, and you're going to get beat for a big play because, well, you're out of position. So, again, it's very user-friendly as far as I'm concerned, and that's why it was my favorite defense. It really, really is. I mean, the defensive line, you get home with the front four. Linebackers, they bounce out to the flats. They cover the flats, and the defensive back, the outside defensive back, plays the deep thirds and and flip your hips and run if the wide receiver goes deep. But you should never get beat deep as long as you're playing in your zone. So hopefully that helps explain it. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a text message from Stanton from Vegas. Says, Q, this is Stanton from Vegas. Love your show, but I have a different take on being aggressive. We are not one player away, so we shouldn't mortgage the future to move up too much. I think they should be aggressive by taking the best player available with 17, whether it's a need pick or not. If that's Parsons, Smith, or OC, I'm okay with it. Just get an alpha. After that, we get aggressive. Trade back into the first or high in the second with the thirds or a 22 pick to get our right tackle and still grab Grant with our second. Take care of our two knees with studs while also getting the best alpha available. That would be a successful aggressive draft in my view. That's from Stanton in Vegas. And yeah, that kind of goes back to segment two that I did. You're absolutely right. You don't have to trade up a lot 
to be able to get uh, aggressive. And I wasn't talking about going from like 17 to four. I, I mean, that would be, you know, that would be crazy. That's giving up a whole lot. But, you know, I was talking 17 to 13, 17 to 14, 17 to 12, something like that. Not too crazy, but you're absolutely right. Like I had opportunity in, in, in my mock draft. I could have taken Parsons. That's a difference maker. I could have taken uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. That's a difference maker. You know, I, I could have done that and I didn't. I ended up going with uh, Christian Derisaw, which again, a good pick, just not a great pick. I should have actually gone and, and done like you said, got aggressive and got the best player available right there at number 17 and then worried about, you know, the right tackle later on because it's a very deep draft as far as tackles go. So thank you so much for that, man. I appreciate you. And shout out to you, Stanton, in, in Las Vegas. Hopefully you'll be hearing from me more and more <laughs> and more. <laughs> anyway, I uh, definitely appreciate that text, my man. Uh, next up, got a call from Chuck in Austin. He's calling to talk about the possibility of the Raiders trading up to get a difference maker and why they can't do that right now. Here he is, Chuck in Austin. My boy Q, what's happening? Uh, this is Chuck over here in beautiful Austin, Texas. Huge Raiders fan. And I was listening to the podcast, and I completely agree. In terms of uh, Gruden and Mayock, trading up is a bad idea. Until they can prove that they can draft properly. I mean, you hit it right on the head. Four out of five of the picks, number one picks they got, haven't panned out so far. I mean, we got to give them some more time, I think. But, I mean, you cannot trade up. You can't because they haven't justified that. So, I mean, Jacobs is the only guy that's done anything. And Farrell's been decent, but he's not a number four. They overdrafted him. I'm not going to say that the guy's a bad player, but he's he's not the number four pick of the draft. And we'll see what they do this year. I'm hoping Parsons is our guy in the first round. They can get a tackle. This this draft is deep in tackle. They just got to be patient. And I, I just, I mean, they just seem to reach so much. It's tough. But hopefully they do the right thing. Raiders finally make the playoffs. I'm really down on Gruden about year four and no playoffs. That's pretty sad. So they got to improve. Everybody uses COVID as an excuse. I get it. But every other team in the NFL has to deal with the same stuff. So let's go Raider Nation. There he goes, Chuck in Austin. We've had a lot of new booty callers and texters, and I know I haven't been doing the whole new booty and giving them music, but Chuck in Austin, Texas is a new booty. Stanton in Vegas, I believe, is a new booty. We've been getting a lot lately, so definitely appreciate that, man. It's not going overlooked. I'm just trying to get through as many as possible. Uh, but Chuck, as far as your call, saying no, they've got to prove that they can make the right picks before you trust them to trade up. you got to earn that right. And that, I mean, that makes sense. That's, that's cool. I get that, you know, and, and that's kind of going back to a conversation I had a couple days ago on the podcast. Do you trust the Raiders front office to be aggressive? Uh, Parsons is, is Chuck's pick and probably a guy that I should have made the call on when I had the chance and I didn't. I, I didn't trust myself or I, I didn't analyze it or break it down right. I just, I, I, I messed that up as far as I'm concerned. But thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Uh, got one more text that I have time for and this text is coming from Agent Adams in Denver. It says, morning Q. Agent Adams calling in from behind enemy lines in Denver, Colorado. Heard a lot of talk recently about the Raiders needing to get aggressive in the draft, but also some lack of trust in Gruden Mayock to hit with the first-round picks. You've talked about who to target and what position we'd need to get to go get them. My question today is how. We lack premium draft capital and don't have a ton of valuable depth to swing a big move. To me, Mariota is the most valuable and expendable piece we have. If we send him off to a team like Washington football team, there's three options for us to be aggressive and improve. Mariota plus day two pick could bring us one of their young stud 
D lineman or even Brandon Scherf. Maybe we trade Mariota and a first or a second round for Terry McLaurin. Whatever the case, I agree we should be aggressive, but I'm curious how you think Gruden and the company could get that done. Peace and love to you all, the Raider Nation. Thoughts and prayers to Obi-Wan Raider and his family. That's from Agent Adams in Denver. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And, yeah, it's funny. Uh, I'm talking about being aggressive, but I'm not saying, like, go up and make some crazy move like four or five. You know, I don't think that they need to get that aggressive. I'm saying if a player started to drop into the the 12, 13 range, you know, if, like, a Patrick Sertain, for some crazy reason, started to drop, go make a move for him. You know, similar to what C.D. Lamb did last year where he dropped to 17, you know, some team that needed a wide receiver, I wouldn't think it's crazy to go up and go make that move and go get him. And that's that's basically what I was saying. Not get up into, like, the top five or whatever. The Raiders are too far out. You'd have to give up way too much draft capital. I don't think Marcus Mariota goes anywhere. He has that no-trade clause in his contract. He'd be able to overrule any kind of a trade that the Raiders tried to offer. I don't think Washington football team is a place he wants to go. I think he honestly wants to be there in Las Vegas, and I'm okay with that, especially with the restructure of his contract. I'm okay with them being there and hopefully being a weapon on the field. Uh, So yeah, I'm just really looking at maybe 12, 13, that range. So the Raiders only had to move up a couple spots. That's not giving up a whole lot of extra capital. So I think that'd be very doable. So I probably, I don't know, I probably worded it incorrectly where you thought that I was talking about get up to the top five, like what San Francisco did going all the way up to number three, even though they only went up from what, number 12 to three. I mean that they, but they gave up a lot, you know, they gave up what three first round draft picks. They gave up a ton to get up there, but they had to go get their quarterback. The Raiders don't need to go get a quarterback. I'm just saying they need to get some extra, extra difference makers on the team. And it's funny because in my mock draft, when I had the opportunity to get a difference maker, I didn't do it. I went with the offensive tackle because I was thinking, or at least I thought I was thinking like the Raiders are thinking. And most likely I would not be shocked if Christian Derisaw or an offensive tackle in general is the pick at number 17. Again, not a bad pick, just not a great pick. You know, it's a good player could be a potential great player if they're on the board there at 17. So that's really all I got for you uh, on that. And uh, that's all I got time for on today's show. Got a call from Andrew the Raider. Got a text from New York's old school Raider. Call from Jordan in Oregon. A text from Kyle in Des Moines. And a text from Raider Black in Maryland. All that's going to come up on tomorrow's show as we close out the week really, really strong. I'll be talking with Jay Stevens from Locked On Buckeyes, talking Justin Fields. And I'll even dibble and dabble in a little Damon Arnett conversation with him as well so we'll close out the week really really strong as we do each and every week so appreciate all the feedback appreciate all the love uh raider nation make sure you take care of yourself make sure you wash your hands uh social distance wear your mask do everything you gotta do just to stay safe for you and your family but most importantly as always raider nation just win baby